Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. And so last week, we, we began this series talking about Adam and Eve and, and the importance of family and how God instituted family and started it. Well, this week, I want to take you a little bit further into history and take you into, um, you remember the story of, of Moses, how the, he went and God used him to go into Egypt and he went into Egypt and delivered the people of, of, of the Jewish people who had been enslaved for 400 years. He got them out of there. And then they went into the desert and they spent like 40 years. Okay, so I want to start right there. The question, what I want to start with is, is saying about family is this, is that there is no perfect family. Okay, I just want to tell you, there is no perfect family. Everybody that you have in mind that you think is a perfect family is not perfect. I shared this last week with you that I, when, you know, I've been the pastor here for 25 years and when we were younger, uh, I'd see these little cute couples getting out of the car, you know, they had little cute kids coming, and they had it all together. I mean, they had everything. They looked so great and so happy, and I would think, boy, I wonder why Rhonda and I can't be like that. And then only to get to know them a little bit, and it was like, oh, no, it was all kind of Hades going on behind the scenes. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, no, I just take my problems, you can have yours. You know, no, we good. And so there's no perfect family. And even though when you're looking at people and you think there's perfection, there's not. And I want to tell you the purpose of this series is not for, for, for uh, perfection. It's not about that at all. I would say the purpose of this series is this. It's not perfection, it's right direction. And that's what, we just want to take a step in the right direction, that's all. And today as I share with you, I'm going to share with you some things. And my, my heart today is this, is for all of you just to say, I'm going to do one thing. When I talk about this today, I'm going to give you several things that we can do to get our, help our families get better. And I just want you to decide on one thing that you're going to act on. I'm going to do this one thing. Because you can't do 10 things. You can do one thing. So today I want you to choose that. So I told you that Moses has, Moses has went in. God has used him. He's done all, done all these miracles. And God, you know, he delivers the children of Israel. They're coming out of Egypt. bondage. They've been in slavery for 400 years. And so they, they go to the Red Sea. Moses holds up his rod, you know, and the sea parts, and they walk across. And, and then, you know, the army of Egypt comes and tries to, to get them, and God lets the water come back on the armies of Egypt. It was a great victory. It's like, woo yeah. But you know what? One of the problems is this, is it was very easy for God to get them out of Egypt, but it was very hard for God to get Egypt out of them. Come on. Amen. Amen. And, and that's, the way, that's where it's at right now with all of us, isn't it? Our culture is like, you know, our environment. It, it's easy for us to come into church and we sort of get out of it just for a moment, but it's very hard for God to get the world out of us. Yes. And that's our struggle. And especially with families. Every time that there's strong families, there's a strong, there's a strong church. And where there's a strong church, there's a strong community. And where there's a strong uh, community, there's a strong country. And when there's a strong country, there's a strong world. And so the devil, the number one thing that he wants to do is destroy families. Remember I told you last week how that the devil did not even show up until there was a family to break up. 
That's it. That's his number one job. Break up the family. Break up the family. Everything's attack on the family. And so God brings the children of Israel. They get out of Egypt. And so he begins to tell Moses, okay, Moses, you got to reteach them because they've been around the Egyptians. And the Egyptians do crazy things. They have all these gods. And, and I mean, every form of perversion happens with them. They are like, whoa, out there, crazy. And so God has to re- redo the family and says, no, we got to learn about this family deal. And then I'm reading the Bible through again this year. You know, I'm in, reading Leviticus as the Old Testament part. And it's like, whoa, is God writing for the 21st century or what? Amen. I got into Leviticus chapter 18 of that. And all of a sudden, every kind of kinky thing you can think of, God says, don't do it. <laughs> I mean, God names it all. I mean, like, whoa, he's like, listen, don't be sleeping with your aunt. Don't be sleeping with your dad's wife. Uh, don't be, I mean, you name it, it's all there. Yes. I didn't even, I was like, you know, I've read the Bible through many, many times before, but the, I don't know for this time, it's like, whoa, God, I didn't see all of this. Like, I mean, like, I didn't pay attention like I should have. It's like, uh-uh. So everything, if you want to know what God says about relationships and which ones are right, and his mind hasn't changed, Leviticus 18. Amen. Then you get to the end of that chapter, and this is what really got me, maybe go back and reread it again and again, is I got to the end of the chapter, and this verse is not on your outline, it's not even on the screen, because I threw it in at the last minute, because I'm like, whoa, this is so big. He says this, God says this, he says, do not give any of your children to be sacrificed. Now, there's a few times I'd like to do that with my children when they were coming up. Ah, <laughs> uh, you go ahead, go ahead and have them. You can have them, you know, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And, and those of you that aren't parents yet, you know, you, you're going to feel that way one day yourself probably. But he said, don't give your children to be sacrificed to Moloch. I'm like, Moloch? You know, I've never really studied that out. Moloch, what is Moloch? Well, Moloch was a god of like the Egyptians that they would take their children, they would actually have child sacrifices, they would give their children as babies, they'd give it to this idol, and they would be burned or drowned. And they would do this thinking that if they gave their children to this God, then it would mean that their family would be blessed financially. And so they would sacrifice their, sacrifice their children at the altar of financial gain. I just wonder, I just wonder in our culture how many times maybe we sort of find, sacrificed our children or hoping to have more. Come on. But there's nothing more that you can have than to have good children. Yes. Yes. There's nothing more than that. You know, you can have all the riches in the world. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen rich people leave this world and they have nobody and they're just, they have nobody. And I've seen people that seem like to be the poorest of the poor leave this world and they have all this family around them and it's yes. just a glorious thing. Yes. Give me children. You can have the money. Give, give me family, right? You can have the money. Give me family. I had to be careful because I said, give me children, but I'm done, okay? I, that's, no, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> no more. We're good. All right. You just had to clarify that right there real quick. I didn't want the Lord to answer that prayer right now. <laughs> Grandchildren, but no more children. All right. Okay. So we begin to move, and we said this statement that, that is so powerful that, again, Moses had to teach him, listen, you've got to get that out of you. And in our culture today, it's sort of like we've gone back to the Egyptian ways. Everything goes, and, and it's breaking down the family. Would you agree with that? Yes. The family's being broken down. 
And so now we've got to go back and we say, okay, what makes a strong family? Because every time God gets ready to rebuild a community or, or a country, he does it through the family. That's the way he does it. He doesn't do it through politicians. <laughs> he does it through family. He does it through family. And so watch this. Here we go. So here's our statement that we've started saying last week. And I want to say it again. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it again. You ready? Come on. My family will be okay if we do things God's way. Amen, everybody? And so our church will be okay if we do things God's way. Our, our community will be okay if we do things God's way. Our country will be okay if we do things God's way. Our world would be okay if we do things God's way, right? But it starts with the family. And so I want to talk to you today about what every kid needs, what every kid needs. And you say, well, you know, well, I don't have any kids. Well, you are a kid to somebody. You know, let me just tell you something. And you parents, listen, your kids are your kids until you leave this world or they leave this world. Amen. Amen. I told my dad one time, we was going through some struggles with my son. I'm like, oh, dear God, if I can just get him through high school, it'd be okay. My dad said, no, son, he's going to be your son until you die. Your daughter's going to be your daughter until you die. They don't like it. It's not like it's over once they graduate high school or college. You know, no, they're yours. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I want to share with you, that's right, isn't it? First thing, what every kid needs, number one is this. The first thing they need is parents that love Jesus and each other. The best thing that you can do for your children is love your husband or your wife. Yes. You know, when they see you together, even if you're a grandparent, you know, be one of those gross grandparents. Right? Let, your grand, let your grandkids come around the corner and see you grab each other, hold each other, squeeze, you know? That's, one, that's the kind of grandparent I want to be. I want Rhonda still going to be running from me. I'm going to call, come here, give me some oxygen. Come here, lady. <laughs> hold on, got to have another hit of oxygen. Come here. <laughs> Be that. Isn't that great? Wouldn't you rather go there and see that than go, they're all there cussing and fussing again? Be that parent. The Bible, God doesn't stop with the Old Testament, but this family starts in the New Testament. And again, here we go. He's instructed this writer, the Apostle Paul, to write this. And look what he says. Here we go with husband and wives. He says, wives, 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 wives. Oh, wives, understand and support your man. <laughs> In ways that show your support for Christ. Now, let me just say this, ladies. If you want things to be better, you have to understand the person you married. Yes. Uh, to me, we all say, well, I just don't get them. You're right, you don't. You don't. They're, they, they're just totally different than you. And so the best you can do is, is get an education on who they are. I mean, you've already married them, all right? So you with them. You with them right now. You won't. So my, let's find out. So I would suggest two things to you. Number one, understand their love language. What is it that makes them feel loved? And number two, what's their personality? And so you could like, Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. If you have not read that book and you are married or you're thinking about getting married, you should read that book. You say, well, I don't like to read. We'll get the audio version and listen to it because it will help you. It will help you. And then the other one is, uh, is a personality type. What kind of personality do, uh, am I dealing with here? Learn that monster. 
Who is it? Tame it. You can't tame it until you know what it is, right? You got to know. But once you decide, you realize what the personality trait, then all of a sudden everything's not personal. You realize, okay, well, that's their personality trait. So how can I begin to work with that? I would challenge you to do that. He goes on and says this. Ephesians 5 and 23. Husbands, 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 husbands. <laughs> provide. Provide leadership. Don't make her do it all. Amen. Lead. Amen. Provide leadership to your wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by what? Domineering. Not by domineering. Yes. But by cherishing. Yes. Mm. All the ladies got excited. So I could leave. Ladies, could you use a little cherishing? <laughs> Little che- I could use a little of that cherishing. Yes, you could. Usually, he goes on to say this. Not about ch- then he goes on. So just as Christ submits to church, to, uh, so just as the church submits to Christ and he exercises such leadership, wives likewise should submit to their husbands. Now, every time I say that word submit, some ladies go, oh, oh I, I ain't submitting to no man. Yeah. Matter of fact, years ago, we used to have that in wedding vows, you know, you would be faithful and you submit. And listen, I'll tell you about 15 years ago, every time I was going to perform a wedding, the ladies come in and say, listen, you take that submit stuff right out of that. <laughs> and I didn't blame them. You know why? Because some people have abused that Bible verse. Amen. So I just want to give you a little clarity, man. You know, we, ladies, I want you to know we really understand. We say when he says submit, is someone is submitting to Christ, you don't mind submitting to them. Because they're going to love you like Christ loved the church, right? Yes. They ain't going to take advantage of you. But just in case, there's a picture that I ran across this week. Uh, it's going to be coming up on the screen just in a second here of a husband and wife. Look what it says. Behind every husband who thinks he wears a pants is a wife who told him which pants to yes. wear. Yes. <laughs> that is the truth right there, isn't it? That's so funny because I read that and I'm like, dang, somebody is in my head, in my home. Because I want to tell you something. I didn't put these pants on this morning without permission. (laughs) That's the truth. It is the truth. I was like, hey, because I had something else. I was like, hey, I'm going to get these jeans and wear. No, you wore those last week. You ain't wearing that. I said, Rhonda, nobody's going to, nobody looks at it and says, okay, well, he wore that week, he wore that two weeks ago, he wore that three weeks ago. I said, that's a sick person. No, you ain't wearing that, you're wearing that. Okay, yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Some of you live in my world too, don't you? He goes on to say, husbands, go all out for, uh, go all out in your love for your wives. So guys, I ask you this question, what are you holding back? What are, you, what are you holding back? Well, are you going all out? I mean all out. Well, I used to. Well, don't tell me what you used to. Start doing it. Yes. Man, good. go all out. That's how you got her is when you went all out. That's good. Go all out for your wives. Go all out for your wives. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving and not by what? Yeah. Not by getting. So the question that you learn to do is if you want your home to get better, again, this is the best thing you do for your children, all right? So hold on with me. We're going to get to them in just a moment. Is that you ask your wife, what, is it, can I, what can I do for you? And ladies, listen, when he comes home today and asks you, don't say, well, you just say that because Jeff's asked you to. Yes, that's why he's doing it. Yes. He didn't think of that on his own. 
No, he didn't, he didn't come up with that. No, that's why. Because he heard the message today and he's trying to do one thing, one thing. He says, yeah, okay. And when he comes later, when he says, what can I do for you? Do not do your machine gun act. Do not, don't, don't do that. Just give him one thing. Give him one thing, and when he does that, go, oh, that was a good boy. Good, good boy. Good boy. Come here, I rub your belly. Good boy. Right? It reminds me of a story that I heard of a pastor. He, he, was, he told it about when he was a student pastor. That means he worked with teenagers. He was at a church, you know, and he said it was like a, they had an event going on in the night, but... And so the parking lot had emptied and he, you know, everybody had gone except for him and he got ready to go and, and he happened to notice there was a car way on the back side of the parking lot of the church, back in the back. And he said, oh, well, let me go back here and see who's back here. He's thinking about his teenagers. So he went back there and sure enough, he got to the car and the windows were steamed up. <laughs> it was on. He said, I thought, oh, I'm going to, I had to straighten one of these out and call some parents. So he just knocked on the window. And all of a sudden, the window come down. And this man looked at him. He was 65 years old, deacon in the church. He said, oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> you go back to business. I'm out of here. And he said, I went and found that man the next week. He said, I respect him. He said, I, I went and found him and said, can you tell me how you have that much fire going on in your relationship and now you are 65 years old, you and your wife? He said, it's very simple. Every week I ask my wife, how am I doing? How am I doing? He says that when I continue to ask that question, it's just amazing how the fire continues to grow in our relationship. Maybe some of you need to be asking that question. Okay, I better stop right there and move on. All right. Number two is this. The second thing I would tell you that every child needs. Oh, let's say this before I move on. Let's say our point again. Okay, I don't want to forget it. Here we go. My family will be okay if we do things God's way. Number two, worth. That's what every kid needs is worth. Every child needs worth. Every kid, no matter what age, it doesn't matter. You know, if your kid is 65 years old, they still need worth. Goes on, Paul goes on and says this, children, obey your parents. Let's read these next couple words here. Because you belong to the Lord. That's right. Every child has worth, born and unborn. Amen. The moment that you were conceived, God says you're worth it. So every child has worth, born and unborn. He goes on, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. Now, this is why your kids, you want to have them here today. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you. Amen? Amen. If you disobey, you got heck to pay. Yeah. All right, there we go. That's right. And you will live a long life on the earth if you do what your mom and dad say to do. Amen? Amen. Now, the question I would ask you is this. How do, if I were to ask you this question, how do you know God loves you? Some of you would say, well, Jesus, you know, Jesus died on the cross. That's a good answer. It's a good generic answer. But I tell you the really way that we know that God loves us is because God never gave up on us. Yes. When you is in the middle of all your junk, yes. 
when you were out there living like there was no God and, and you was messing up and making all these mistakes and, and you felt bad and you felt like nobody should care about you, God continued to love you and try to draw you back. And a matter of fact, some of you are watching today and some of you are in this room today because God never gave up on you. Had he given up on you, you wouldn't be sitting here right now and you wouldn't be watching right now. Amen? God, God didn't give up on you because you know why? He said, you are worth it. When your mom and dad might have walked out on you, when that boyfriend left you, when that husband walked out or that wife walked out and said, you're no good, God walked right in and said, you are mine and I love you and you're worth it. You are worth something. Amen. You're worth it. You are, you are worthy. You're worth it. And God said, you're, you're worth so much that I, I'm sending my son Jesus to die for you. That's what the Bible says. Look what it says in Romans 5 and 8. God showed how much love he loved us by having Christ die for us, even though we were what? sinful right in the middle of your while you was doing all that stuff that you knew God didn't like you to do he didn't want you to do and you felt and you tried to run from him he didn't run from you he ran toward you when everybody else ran away he ran in because you're worth it and because he didn't give up you're right here you're right here and that means you're worth it. How, how do you love a teenager? I'll tell you what, is that you give love over time, right? Love over time says you're worth it. And whenever, whenever as, a, as, as a parent, what you do is that you don't approve of everything your children do and, and you can't bless everything they do. And sometimes you're wondering about everything they're doing, but you just don't give up. You say, I'm going to love you no matter what. You're my child. I'm going to love you no matter what. I might not always like you, but I'm always going to love you right and love over time means worth and when they when they wake up whether it be 25 or 35 or 45 or 55 or 65 one day they're gonna realize they love me because they never gave up on me doesn't mean I give you everything it just means I love you my love that you are worth it that's what every person every child wants love over a period of time means I you're worth it let me just say this to you. Today, if you're in this room and you're not a Christ follower, you're watching online, I just want to tell you, today's the day that you stop running from that love and run toward it. And the way you do that is you say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. I need you. Save me. And let me tell you something. Just saying that simple prayer and meaning it in your heart is a game changer. I challenge you to do it right now right now. And if you're doing it in your mind, you don't have to do it out loud, but if you're saying it right now, I'd like you to take another step with me. I pray for you today. I've asked God to save people today. And those of you that are watching, I've asked God to save you. And I just ask you to text the words following Christ to that number you see on your screen. If you just texted to me so that I can pray for you and ask God's blessings and favor over you. And, and I want to help you on your journey. So Please do it. Can we give God a hand for those that just gave their life to Jesus? Amen. Amen. The third thing I would say is, the third thing that every kid needs is godly influences. Godly influences. Look, he goes on to say, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, let's say these next three words out loud, even at home. Come on, let's say it. Ready? Bring them up. Bring them up. That means they don't automatically come up. You got to bring them up. 
Bring them up. Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I would like you to know that parenting is not a two-person deal. Parenting your child or raising your child, I should say, raising your child is not a two-person deal. It takes more than two people to, to raise a child. Yes. You got to get them around some other adults that are good influences in their lives. Yes. That's, the, that's the thing is, you know, that's what's so great about church is that church is an opportunity to get your kids around some people that are going the direction that you want them to go. You want them to go. And so it's more godly influences. See, your your kids need a place to belong and to be known. But to be known and belong, that's what they need. They they need when they walk into a place that people know them by name and and they say, hey, I'm so proud of you. And I can tell you the reason I'm, I'm right here today is because, you know, listen, my dad and my stepmother, they weren't Bible thumpers, they weren't preachers, they weren't any of that. They were just everyday people. But one thing they believed in is taking their kids to church whether they wanted to go or not. And they drug us there. They, we was on drugs. We was drugged to church on Sunday, drugged to church on Wednesday, drugged to church on revival night. We were drugged. Okay, nobody thought that was funny, but me and Albert here, that's all right. All right, we in this, we got it, we know. Some of you don't know. But I'm saying that, you know, just, but there's people begin to say, hey, Jeff, how you doing? Oh, Jeff, I believe in you, you know, da, da, da. And they just begin to change me. I, I, I begin to have a place to belong and be known. Yes. And because I didn't have to join a gang to do that. I, my gang was church. Yeah. And I was so glad because it shaped me. And that's what we want to do. Right now, I tell you what, that we have group leaders that are right now leading children. They give up their time and their, their life to, to, to be with your children, to be that kind of influence in your child's life, to help them go the direction you want them to go in Christ. And right now, they're, they're serving as group leaders. And every Sunday, they do that. And then every Sunday night, we got teenagers, and we have groups on Sunday night that these people have given their lives, and they're giving their lives yeah. just to be there for your teenagers, just to be another influence in their life, to, to go the direction that you want to go. I'm telling you that there's nothing more powerful that you can do is get your kids around that kind of environment. Yeah. And listen, let me tell you something. You're not gonna, your kids are not going to learn anything going to the bars and eating the peanuts at the, at the bar, because I know, I know you say, well, well I'm going to take them with me, and they're not going to let them drink. Well, they're just going to eat the peanuts at the bar. No, 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 no. They will not learn that, what good godly character is. Amen? Amen. They got to be around people that are trying to go the right direction because it's your connections that determine your direction. And there's nothing like having another adult believe in your child. Yes. Say, I like you. I I believe God's got his hand on you. And where are you? How you been? And begin to talk to them that way. We need that in our lives and our kids need that. And so I would challenge you, listen, one of the other ways is serving with your children. When your kids get, you know the greatest connection, you know how your kids need ownership. They're, they're, your kids are never going to love this church until they're serving in it. They're never, until they, you know what, until they're working in a kid's area, they're working in, 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 with our students, or they're here as being as an usher, a greeter, somewhere. They're, they're never going to love it until they're serving it. And they're just waiting an, an opportunity to have ownership. And I'm asking you, listen, if you haven't been through growth track yet, why don't you go through growth track and, and help, help your family find out, okay, what's SEC all about? And then how can we serve? Because when you begin to serve, all of a sudden it gets inside of you and, and your kids, man, you know, their kids begin to feel ownership of, of, this, of this thing that God's doing. And, and we're giving them an opportunity for a better life and they want their life to have purpose and meaning. And they need to know that, that they're, they're, they're in the middle of this vision that God's given us and it's all about the next generation. And we 
we need them, amen? amen. Listen, the next generation is not a nuisance to us. They're a necessity, amen? amen. They're not a nuisance to us. Amen. He said, oh, pastor, we started having teen, a lot of teenagers. What are we going to do if they knock a hole in the wall? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to fix the wall. <laughs> We ain't going to go, well, where's your mom and daddy at? We're, we're, no, 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 no. We're going to fix the wall. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here. Bring some more of your buddies on. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's go, right? Yes, Ever right. yeah, go to a church, you, 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 can't, you drop a piece of paper on the floor. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? <laughs> no, we, we expect to scrape gum off the floor. We, we expect to fix repair walls. We, we expect things to get broken, you know, because listen, you can have a nice safe place, but you'll be by yourself. Yes. No, no, when our time is up, we want our children still thriving with this mission and saying, no, we're still giving people an opportunity for a better life and we'll reach back to the next generation. Amen. That's what we're about. It's not about us. It's about God. What are you going to do through our children and their children and their children? Because we're going to change this thing. Yeah, our community is going to change. It's going to be loving and Christ-like. And our country will change and be loving and Christ-like because our families are going to get it right. Hallelujah. Amen. I can get it right. I'm sorry. I'm yelling now because I'm excited. Amen. Amen. Mm -mm -mm. So would you sign up to go to Growth Track? Matter of fact, we have even groups that are online right now that you can sign up for. To get in a group, get to know somebody. Get your kids in a, in a group on Sunday night. And, you know, our teenage group is growing right now like crazy. Because, you know, they're tired of being quarantined. <laughs> God, I need some freedom. They love you, but they're tired of you. Yes. So bring them to youth group. Hallelujah. Let them get there and get some energy out, right? Yes. Okay. Disinfect them when they get home. <laughs> Number four is fun. That's what they need is fun. Fun over time equals connection. Fun over time equals connection. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 17, 22. Why don't you read this with me? Let's read it together. Ready? A merry heart does good like... That's a new prescription you need right there. Have some fun. Man, I'm telling you what, it'll be amazing what medication you let go of if you start having fun. Yes. Oh, it'll do wonders for that stomach. You want to have as many antacids and all that stuff, you start having some fun. Yes. And knots all the time. Nehemiah said it this way, the, the joy of the Lord is your what? It's your strength. It's your strength. Have you ever considered how you could measure the, uh, the strength of your home? And that is by how much laughter is going on. Is anybody laughing in your home? If there's no laughter going on, man, there's something wrong. We got to have some fun, right? And I don't know about you, but I don't want to come to no boring church. Amen. I mean, I don't. I'm knowing, I, I know I freak a lot. Of, some of you bring your friend, they go, what's wrong with that man? He, he, he forgot his medicine today. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I just can't be that stiff like, oh, well, and the Lord said, <laughs> thou shalt not. I'm sorry, I just, that's not who I am. I don't want our church to be that way. I want when you, I want when you walk in the door, you're like, what the idiot going to say today? I want your kids to say, mom, I can't wait to go. I'm going to sit in church with you because I, I know, I ain't going to tell what Pastor Jeff's going to say. I ain't going to miss that. And then when our band comes out, you know, and they sing, we don't want them to sing it. La, 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 li, 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 la. No, we wanted energy. 
I know, and then like, you know, like I was raised on the hymns. Listen, I love the hymns, but let me tell you something. This younger generation, they don't love it. <laughs> they don't love it. I'm going to heaven and many of you going to heaven, but our kids aren't we so sure, so we got to have something they love, right? That's why we have, look at this, look at this drum cage yeah. over here. This man over here is always telling me what we got to do. And he gets those drums, he hits them so hard, I'm going boom, I don't know. Then the guitars over there singing and rocking, you know, it's like, what are we doing? Is this a rock concert? What are we doing? I mean, we got, we got smoke coming everywhere. It's like, what's going on? Is the fire alarm going to go off? What's going on? I don't know, but all I know is that we love kids. And we said we'll do anything short of sin to save our kids. Amen. So just say, well, that pastor, he likes all that. No, he don't. He don't like it all. But you know what? He loves his kids. He loves your kids. So he will do anything. Have fun. You know, fun brings you together. Last week, we got to do Pump It Up here at SEC. And you'll see some of these pictures, but it was fun. It brought us together. It brought our community together. It's just fun, having fun together. I would say this to you. Plan on some fun in your house. You know, we play games at our house when our kids come over and we have some people over. And and I can tell you, Rhonda's vicious. You know, you see the little sweet thing up here. Jesus saves all this. And the Lord said, bless Jesus. All that stuff singing, you know. You say, oh, she's an angel. Let me tell you something. You get her in the middle of a, a Uno game or dominoes. Ain't no angel no more. Horns are coming out. But we have fun. We laugh about it. I want to say this last statement. And I hope you never forget this one. I think there's time that we have to remember that it's not our job to fix our children. It's our job to enjoy them. If I could go back and turn the clock back, I didn't have anybody to tell me this. If I could turn the clock back and do parenting over again, this would be one thing I would have changed. I thought it was my job as a parent constantly to try to fix my kids and constantly stay on them. Fix, you can't do that, you can't do that, we gotta do this, gotta do, and try to fix them. And many times we miss the enjoyment of them. I don't care how old your child is now, why don't you just stop it? Stop trying to fix them all the time and just enjoy where they are right now. Listen, God got you, he'll get them. Would you stand with me? Let me pray for you. I want to pray over your family. I want God's blessings over you more than I want the air that I'm about to breathe. I want God to bless you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, today, 
We come to you at a crisis time. Lord, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. He wants us to continue to sacrifice our children on the altar of Moloch or finances. And God, I'm asking you to forgive us anytime, oh Lord, that we've, we've done that. God, I ask you to forgive us. Lord, I ask you now that, that you would allow us to see our children no matter what age they are. That, God, we would see them as potential in you. And, and God, that we would see, Lord, that you're going to help them get through what they're going through, oh, God. And that you're going to take care of them. That you love them a thousand times more than we do. And, God, that, that, that they are worth, oh, Lord. They're worth it, that they would see that, oh, God. That they would see that, that, Lord, even though we may not agree with them. And even though they may feel like we don't like them, oh, God. That they would somehow see that our love is never ending for them. And that we will never give up on them in our hearts, oh God. That we will pray for them, oh Lord. That we will not stop. And Lord, that we will come against the gates of hell with prayer, oh God. And we will not stand back. We will not sit back, oh God. And allow the enemy of this world to do things to our children. We will stand in the spirit realm, oh Lord, in prayer. And we will call out our children's names, oh God, before you. And we will lay them on the altar before you, oh God. And Lord, we know if we'll hold to the horns of the altar, oh God that you will move in their lives and we pray right now you protect them oh God we pray Lord that the evil one will not have his way oh God that when the enemy comes in like a flood oh God that you would raise a standard against him oh Lord we know that it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by the spirit of the Lord that we declare our blessing over our children oh God and we declare God righteousness prevail oh Lord in their lives right now in this world oh God with all the darkness that is going on around us. We ask you that you would let them be a light, oh God, and let the light of Jesus Christ shine in them like never before, oh Lord. Let the world see that Jesus is alive. Let the world know there's a Savior, oh God. Let the world know that our children, oh God, are going to be blessed in the coming and going, oh Lord. Lord, from the early morning to late hours, your angels are going to be around them, oh God. You've never forsaken us, oh Lord, and you're not leaving us now, God. We call out on you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, that we're anointed by you. We are called by you and we will walk in you because you are the light of the world and we will never give up the mission you've given us, oh God, of sharing the good news of Jesus all over the world. Lord, let it begin in our homes right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.